0: Welcome to the Fantasy Inn podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy Inn. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy End podcast. This week, we're talking about our favorite reads of the decade that was 2020. We'll also be doing a best of 2020 blog post, but this should allow us to dive maybe a little bit deeper and feature some additional books. I'm Travis.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jenya.
0: So I guess let's start out by talking about what we're currently reading.
1: What are you reading, Trav?
0: Uh, well, I will say, I guess the book that I just finished was We Could Be Heroes by Mike Chen. Uh, so that should be coming out, I believe, late January 2021. Um, and it's the story of like these superhero and a supervillain who both have memory loss and they meet in like sort of an AA group, like a, a support group for people with memory loss. Uh, That's amazing. And they, immediately discover each other's true identities but instead of like fighting each other they kind of become friends
2: oh it's very bright sessiony um
0: there's like uh a bigger plot i guess than bright sessions but it, it has like the same vibe right where it's very much kind of like a feel-good sort of story and like there's this whole oh no like the city might be destroyed i'm like yeah but like y'all got this i don't really care like i'm more <laughs> about this like are you gonna stay friends or not like are you gonna actually rob a bank together for funsies like how's this gonna go down
1: oh it's cute uh-huh. um shen Uh, I'm reading the, um, it's like a collection of short stories. It's called the Trojan War Museum and other stories by, um, (laughs) I, oh my gosh, sorry. This is a Turkish author, uh, Aisha Papatya Bucak. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, and it's really cool. So this year I actually wanted to go to Istanbul, but then the pandemic happened. So I'm just going to be reading Turkish authors and pretending that that counts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good. There's a few stories which are more like magical realism in nature. And then there are some other stories which are just uh, litvic, I guess. Yeah.
2: Um, for me, I just finished Dance with Fate by Juliette, Ju- Juliette Marie. L- I don't know how to pronounce her name. Mariliere? She's like super... <laughs> Famous and her name is quite easy to say, but um, I don't know. I guess it's hard with my pronunciation. Juliette Marillier. It's the um, the second book of the Warrior Bard series, um, which is set in medieval Ireland, with um, this island um, in Ireland, uh, where <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, where um, they train spies slash warriors slash um, musicians. And the first book was quite enjoyable, but the second one was even better. It's told through three uh, points of views in first person, which is something I like. So it has magic, it has intrigue, it has amazing characterization, and I loved it. Uh, I'm going to be writing a review. I'm crossing my fingers. You can see me, but while I'm saying this, I'm crossing my fingers very hard to be able to write a review because saying that it's good is not enough because it has like a lot of issues. I wouldn't like recommend it without content warning. Um, yeah, it's um like um like family abuse, of uh, past trauma. Uh, animal abuse, like a whole kind of like baggage coming with the the series, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about this more in detail. In cross fingers, a review.
0: <laughs> well, now <laughs> and, now we have you on the record saying that to our podcast listeners, so. Do the kind of shit
2: the kind of shit we say in this podcast that we don't do like half of the books Jenia talks about in the podcast she never finishes so uh, I think what? it's more than half it's not it's not a contract um, and and I would say
1: I would thank saying you for calling that... me out Sarah Wow <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm calling you out so as not to call myself out because it's, it's the same. I'm the same. I think I said that I, I, I was going to be reading The Ones in the Future Witches by Alex Harrow at least three episodes. So, <laughs> um, Oops. Sorry, Alex. I, I really want to read your book. It's just uh, mood reading is a bitch. Um, And, yeah, now to end the year, I'm, um, like, trying to finish up some of the books that i've started but put aside because again with reading being a bitch um so uh i i, I don't know i think going probably to try to finish these violent delights by chloe gong which that is a fun is, book yeah yeah it is but I, I i don't know why i stopped it i i was having fun then i stopped and it, this shit happens to me all the time. It's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet in, um, I think it's in the 20s in China. It's 1920s in Shanghai. Yeah. And it's very fun. has magic. It has, um, a very lovers to enemies vibe, which is something I love so and then back
1: to lovers no it's lovers to enemies to lovers it's amazing lovers to, yeah
2: <laughs> lovers to enemies and then back to lovers i guess but if it follows the path of Romeo and Juliet it will end up with corpses so, so <laughs> lovers to enemies to lovers to corpses
1: the one thing i'll say about that book is that i did not realize that it was a series or at least a two uh what is it, a duology because when i get to the ending i was like this is a cliffhanger what the fuck (laughs) yeah i'm worn now so yeah i'm trying
2: to wrap up um the books i started uh and i never finished and i'm hoping that we'll be able to i'm not even going to talk about rhythm of war because i'm not going there so yeah
0: i mean yeah that's that was kind of i mean probably all of our experiences trying not to generalize for you guys but like For me, definitely, it's been a weird year for reading. Uh, And part of that is just because, so for the podcast, I'd be trying to read certain books, right? And sometimes I'll be bad at procrastinating and I'll get to like 90% of the way through a book instead of 100% before an interview. Uh, And so I have like a bunch of these books now where I have 10% left on them. And like now I'm trying to go back and read the last 10% of like all these different books.
1: Okay, okay, okay. But Trav, if you at some point join one of my weird twenty-four hour readathon things, that's like the perfect time to finish all of those bang, 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 do the last ten percent of okay. a bunch of books and it looks like you read so quickly, but you've only read like ten pages. You
0: you really don't understand how horrible I would be at a twenty-four hour readathon. You say 24 and 48, I could probably do like 24 minutes and 48 hours. Like,
2: <laughs> Oh, she has experience with that. She always asks me, yeah, I want to join. I'm like, yeah, I want to join. And then I do like one hour, like one hour, but in, in like intervals of five minutes. And then I get distracted with Twitter. So she... She,
1: she never judges that's that's a good thing i don't judge but the point of it is that you don't get distracted by twitter the point of it is to put your phone away <laughs>
2: that's yeah like- that's never going to happen so like, i'm admitting like in the open that i'm not putting my phone away um i checked and i uh, of all of you guys i'm the one who tweets the most often so <laughs> i need an intervention you guys never suggested it so i'm i'm hurt right now
1: i suggest every time i say we do a 24-hour <laughs> <re-talk>. <laughs> yeah,
2: but so, you know me like you need to send i don't know a, a, a contract killer to stop me from reaching out for my post so, like, <laughs> i was gonna say a postcard <laughs>
1: but okay oh! sure contract
0: killer right so that's that's the new (laughs) patreon goal
1: yeah yeah okay okay but that was the books that we didn't finish reading or i also had a weird reading year to be honest but should we move on to the books that we are did finish and did really enjoy that was smooth oh yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, class. I hope you did your homework and picked your top five books you read this year. Uh, so I guess, yeah, let's just go through our favorite picks, kind of starting, I guess, maybe at like five and working our way up to one. So yes, like actually maybe a little bit of organizational structure for once. Um, Sorry, oh. <laughs> uh, you want to go first?
2: Um, yeah, but it's not like in any particular order, just so we can be clear. It's not like my fifth favorite book of the year. It's just like a fifth favorite book, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Book number five. Fifth favorite book of the year. Go.
2: Book number five. So I'm going to go with The Empire of Gold by Shanna Chakraborty, which is the last book of the DevBot trilogy. I admit I was afraid of picking it up uh, for two reasons. First of all, my brain doesn't do epic fantasy, like at all anymore Um, and um, so no it's three reasons one brain being shit two not remembering the previous book very well and three um, being afraid for the characters and it ended up like being so fucking good like I mean it shouldn't be a surprise because Kingdom of Copper the previous book was amazing too the City of Brass where it all started was really good as well so it's not a surprise that Shannon knew how to wrap up her trilogy in a perfect way. But for me, it was a surprise that I would manage to finish it at all. So I, I, I had the ebook and the aforementioned brain being aforementioned bully shit, um, didn't like, it didn't work out. So I, I bought the audiobook as well. And I started with the ebook and then for the last, I don't know, 50 pages, I couldn't listen anymore because i was too impatient so i put it back and i picked up the ebook instead and it was i don't want to spoil because it's the third book of a trilogy but she managed to in my opinion and i know that she has passionate fans i don't believe uh the same thing as i do but she managed to finish uh the character arcs perfectly well each of the three main characters Uh, of her series had for me the perfect ending and the most appropriate ending and it was really epic fantasy at its best because it had like everything It had like the magic the wow factor um the epic journey uh and like the relationship between the characters how they are evolving it had like i think it's one of my favorite series of all time in fantasy and it was a highlight of my reading here yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I also really liked it I'm thinking did I read it this year or last year it came out this year right came out this year uh 2020s yeah last decade yeah no it's a real I really enjoyed it too anyway Trav have you read it
0: I have yeah uh technically Sara and I were buddy reading it but she finished like five months after me.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Some buddies are slower than others okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah no but it was a great book it is a lot of I also listened to it on audio and it was very good on audio.
2: Yeah the narrator has a bit um I'm I'm sorry I, I I don't remember her name and she has like a um this habit of uh, stressing uh words that should be stressed that i don't remember but it, it bothered me it bothered me a bit at first but i i got used to it like she everything she read was like a bit too dramatic like the the, the book is dramatic enough like she didn't read she didn't need to go so hard on it but it was really good yeah
1: so what about you trav
0: uh let's see so i'm gonna go with the first sister by lyndon a oh, lewis yeah. um uh, just because i i don't know i've again i mean this is apparently a theme of this episode but i've been struggling a lot to read this year and like a lot of times you know i'll sit down for 10 minutes read a bit and then get distracted or fall asleep and repeat that times a million and then i finally finish a book but the first sister i read it in like a sitting and a half or something you can't have a sitting and a half can you that doesn't make any sense uh but like it was like yeah one long session like late at night and then one short session and I finished it and like I just couldn't stop reading it, it was really good I it has a lot of like Red Rising by Pierce Brown for me where it's like this a little overly dramatic like epic space opera kind of thing with like really high stakes but also it was like a lot more philosophical and like I'm having a hard time thinking of a societal issue that it did not critique in some sort of way. So I don't know, it was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, magic swords that like can change shape with your mind. That was super cool.
2: Yeah, I read it too. And um, while it's not on my top five of the year, it was definitely a good, like a very good reading experience. I listened to it. I think that's going to be the, the other theme of the episode. Uh, listening instead of like, uh reading on ebook or on paper but uh, yeah the audiobook was great and uh trav i think you should pick it up for the second one because it was really good uh, good experience
0: yeah no i i will absolutely try it in audio i'm looking forward to that
1: and for me the i'm also like sorry i'm not going through it by very specific order but just one of them of the top five books uh i chose Ten Thousand stitches by olivia atwater um so this is an indie self-published um what's it called fantasy of manners kind of book and i thought it was just so cute and sweet and um like the rest of you guys have been having trouble concentrating on things this year so this is one of those books which kind of made me I don't know, just happy. Just happy to read it, you know? Um there's this really cute romance um and a really really like nice message behind it because it kind of um like some of the characters end up in a relationship and some of the characters end up in a union and I thought that was, not, like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I Wait, like
0: was... like a romantic union or like a like no, like a labor union.
1: A labor union. Um, So it was like, yes, this is what I want out of my historical fantasy of manners kind of book. Some people to have love and some people to have better working conditions. So yeah, I really appreciated that. (laughs) And I really recommend it. It needs more love, again, because it is self-published. So it definitely needs more love.
2: Yeah. And it's the second uh, book of a series um, by Olivia Water. Uh, The first book was Half a Soul and it was also very cute
1: um but i don't think you have 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 to read them um together no no
2: no no you can you can absolutely read them i know that because i tend to remember to forget all about first books and and then i pick up the sequel i'm like uh but i I didn't have this problem with uh with half a soul and Ten Thousand stitches it was really lovely and uh, yeah it's a good choice
1: there you go so what about book four um
2: yeah, book for uh, Jade City by Fonda Lee, which is not to be introduced anymore <laughs> uh, because it's quite famous now and I'm very, very late uh, to uh, discover it, like discover with quotes, because I didn't like, I picked it up because everyone was talking about it. It's not like this indie gem. Um, but I, I had issues picking it up at first because i was like oh i'm not sure about the magic and martial arts and fights it's a bit too fighty for me oh my god what a mistake it was amazing it was heartbreaking and amazing and it had like um i didn't want to read it at first because of the fight scenes but i was like they were so good and then there's this whole family dynamics that was amazing and the writing is so so good and then you you care so much about these characters and then finally i was like "Ah, you thought you would be um spared the heartache but it's it's not the case so i need to pick up uh, jade war i mean i did pick it up but i again like the theme brain equals shit uh but um i, I will read uh, jade war before uh jade legacy comes
1: out so okay we're holding you to that now yeah, you can i'm, I'm okay.
2: definitely doing it but right now i'm not ready to have this kind of uh <laughs> I'm I'm scared of this book, you know, because the first one hurt me so much, but like in a good way, you know, because we're all masochists here. Um but it's it's uh, it was it was really good and um, I should be picking up the the second book for good uh soon ish. Well, before Jade Legacy, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, like I still always think of that series as Jade War, Jade or no, Jade City, Jade War, and Jade as fuck. I, I can't get that out of my head. I blame Hugh.
1: That's true.
2: <laughs> oh my god, the things Hugh did with orbit titles. How are we not blacklisted from them?
0: I think they keep us around for the lols. That's true. <laughs> Okay, uh, anyways, my book four, I think, is going to be The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Full disclosure, I picked it up because it sounded a lot like the first fifteen lives of Harry August by Claire North, uh, both in terms of the title and the actual like story premise, and it kind of did scratch that itch for me. You know, it's like this woman who is immortal and she literally can't make a mark on the world. Like she can try to like stab a dude and he'll be like ah, and then he'll forget her and like heal, right? So like she Hello. literally can't affect the world around her like that. But uh, it's a very emotional book and like kind of sweet. In unexpected ways like there's two main characters who are like super broken and like help each other out and like it was aw. so i don't know <laughs> i i unexpectedly had my heart warmed and that was i guess what i was looking for at the moment and the audio was fantastic like i really loved the audio version of the book as well
2: yeah i i, <laughs> I read it um and you have to hand it to Travis because uh, full disclosure, I have opinions, capital O, about v. E. Schwab, which aren't very nice. I mean, not the person. About she, her, writing. She, about her yeah, writing. About her writing. About <laughs> her writing. She sounds. She sounds like a lovely person, but i like each time I pick up her book, it's so close to what I, I'm, I'm looking for, and then it misses, and it's like. Ugh. But this one, this one I loved, and Travis was very persuasive, and I'm I'm really glad I picked it up. It's it's a good read. It managed to like scratch an itch, as Travis said.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you used a word like persuasive and not like annoying or like won't shut up about this at 2 a.m. my time, and you've been talking to me for five hours straight. Yeah.
2: Look um I, I, we speak the same language here I, I'm like that's too I'm more annoying than you'll ever be able to be because like yeah, that's do true. you know who I am like the kind of person who sends DMs harassing DMs to each person I know when I finish a romance book I like so like living in glass houses and throwing stones etc
1: <laughs> and my next book that I wanted to talk about was uh the Zone by ooh sorry, you can pronounce it for me um he's a french dude matthias nr what's it called his last name is n r spelled e n a r d and his first name is matthias, but that's the german pronunciation Matthias i don't know <laughs> What is the correct
2: uh I, I would say it as Mathias Enard. Mathias Ennard. Okay, there
1: we go. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so this is the opposite of Ten Thousand Stitches. This is a really depressing French book, um, which is about this dude who's on a train and he's just traveling on this train and he's thinking about how horrible the history of the places around the Mediterranean is like it's all full of war and he has PTSD because he had fought in the Yugoslavian civil war. And like his dad had also committed atrocities, um, and in Algeria because he was a French dude and he's just thinking about how much it all sucks. Oh, and every, and there's 24 chapters and every chapter is like, there's no punctuation. It's just kind of like a stream of consciousness as he's thinking. So actually when, by the time I finished the book, I felt like I had climbed a mountain. Because I was like, fuck yeah, I I, I succeeded (laughs) in managing to read this book. But somehow it was just, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the historical references and all of the history thinking. And I looked up a lot of stuff. It was just one of those weird, depressing French books, which I thought I would never enjoy. But I really enjoyed this one. So I really recommend it if you want to read something very different from what you might usually be reading.
2: I love how for each book we're like, yeah, I read it. They're right. It's good. And then for the rest of Genia's favorite books, we won't be doing that because I, she, she reads books we've never heard about. And it's good because it adds a bit of diversity in like the classic um, like fantasy books we all really enjoy. But at the same time, I don't know how to continue like
1: like to say anything to that except no there's yay. there's going to be one more fantasy book on this list and everything else is weird but there we go <laughs> all right what, yeah moving on what's your number three
2: um, my number three would be one that uh, will be on a lot of lists this year is the house in the cerulean sea by tj Klune. I think a lot of you either heard of it or um I'm speaking generally to the audience, not you guys um either heard of it or read it. it's um in a light dystopian world where um there's this dude he's in his forties, he's kind of a loser he works in um he like in- inspects orphanages with special kids like special with special abilities and he's sent to a very very special orphanage uh, with a very special headmaster and very special pupils, and it's one of the most heartwarming stories I've ever read. It blew me away. Like I, it, it was like a warm hug. It's it's the book for me for 2020. It's like the entire 2020. And uh, we- if you,
0: yeah sorry i was just gonna say can we take a moment to appreciate that you're over here like this book was a warm hug and it made me feel safe and loved and all that and jenny's like this book is like someone came up and punched me in the face and i loved it
1: it was very good (laughs) <laughs> like sometimes you just have to sink into oh my god for three thousand years we've just all been killing each other. There's a lot of oh I forgot to say there's a lot of like references to to the Trojan War and stuff as well. And it's like oh my god we've been fighting here on the scrap of land for thousands of thousands of years. This really appeals to me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I
2: won't be like the the next book on my list is going to be a bit like this. <laughs> this one is oh it's warm hug and then I'm gonna this one is awful. And it made me feel happy because there it was so go. awful. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you somehow missed it, um, the house in the cerulean sea in this year, pick it up because oh my god, like it's it's perfection for this year. It's like the perfect book to uh, forget about how shitty things are. And the audio book again is really good, so would recommend.
0: Number three. So for me, I think. That's gonna be the Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk. Again, like I mean, it's it's the kind of book where like I picked it up and just I couldn't stop reading it. And like it's one of the few books where you know I was thinking about it when I set it down. I was like, okay, I can't wait until I have ten extra minutes to carve out some time and read this. Uh, and those were few and far between for me this year. So that was that holds a special place in my heart. Um, and I don't know, like I it. It kind of, I mean, I, I don't read a lot of romance, but it kind of feels like it has, like, the classic romance setup. Uh, but there, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, sorry, you read this, right? Or no? Yeah, yeah. Loved Does it. it count as a romance or no?
2: No, uh, I don't know. We had a whole episode saying, we actually don't know if it's a fantasy romance or just a fantasy with a good romantic subplot i would say that the themes uh the major theme isn't the romance it's it's um great right. it's more about like it's so much not the major theme that uh at some point the main character was like uh, i would be with this dude but i have other stuff to do so i would say it's not fancy romance it like in my opinion I'm just the expert. I'm not the expert here, but um, I'm not I would the say, expert here. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a fun like <laughs> slip of the tongue here. Um but I'm not the expert here, but uh, I would say like a good a very good romantic step plot, but not a fancy romance.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's like what, maybe the central theme is like bodily autonomy for women. Um, and part of that was, like, the societal pressure of, oh, hey, you have to get married and everything, and, like, that's all you're good for, with, like, the twist thrown in that, like, hey, her option on the table for who she might marry is actually, like, a legitimately awesome person, uh, and, like, she'd be very happy with that, but that's not necessarily enough for her. Uh, so, I don't know, like, I, I really liked that. I thought that was really well done.
1: Oh, Trav, you should totally read Earthlings. We, before before we started the podcast, I was talking about a book I recently read, which I picked up because it has a very, what the fuck, ending. And it's also a lot about bodily autonomy and about this and, and women's rights and also about this woman who thinks that she is an alien because she really hates the pressure the society puts on people, so she decides to be an alien instead. It's very, it's a very weird book. But anyway, that's not the top five. That's just the book I read recently. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Speaking of <laughs> romantic books...
2: Yeah, I love how Jania heard that and said, oh yeah, it reminds me of that book about super weird about aliens, yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a similar theme. So <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to add again um the audiobook is really really good. It's by Moira Kirk and she's such an amazing narrator that when I listened to her on in another book, it took me a time to get used to like the new book because uh she she was for me, she was the main character of Midnight Bargain and um uh, it's quite a feat.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, um and my number 3 book is Turning Darkness into Light by Mary Brennan or Marie Brennan? No, Mary Brennan, right? Um,
0: Marie Brennan, yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of like a sequel to the Lady Trent uh, series, the one where it's like about the woman who studies dragons um, and like a fake Victorian England kind of thing. But this one is about her granddaughter who is a linguist. And somehow it was just really nice to read about because it's like the whole book is basically like them deciphering an old tablet And which had been written in an old language and now they're deciphering. And obviously there are some other adventures on the side and some mystery going on. But a lot of it is, or like uh, some amount of it is just them talking about how deciphering historical language or historical linguistics is like really hard. And somehow it was just really nice to read (laughs) because I don't know, I've I've read about, you know, how they decipher things like linear B, which is the language that they used to use in Minoan Crete and how um, it was really, really difficult for them in the beginning to know what is actually a word what is a syllable how does it work and so here it kind of covers a bit of that as well like you know they struggle to understand if this is a different syllable or if it's uh, just the person writing it had bad r- handwriting things like that and i just really appreciate a book which is about linguistics and also fantasy. <laughs> yeah, so that's one I really recommend. It's also kind of one more on the lighter side. See, I also read things on the lighter side.
0: Yeah, both of you will really enjoy The Mask of Mirrors by M.A. Carrick, since that's Marie Brennan and Alice Helms writing together.
1: Uh- Mm
2: -hmm.
0: oh man they're they're both anthropologists right so when they come into writing this like their world is so deep and like people are code switching all the time and the the grammatical structure of their sentences changes based on like what identity they're sort of in at the moment
1: oh that sounds fun
2: i was approved for it by orbit and oh fuck you I don't know why Orbit keeps giving me books, guys. Thank you, but I don't know why you keep doing that. But thank you, but d- again, don't know why. But thank you. Uh, so I'll be picking it up sometimes between um, tomorrow and 2022. Gonna be <laughs>
1: fun. <laughs> Sounds right. What's your What's your second one?
2: Yeah, sorry. Before that, just uh, just information. Uh, do we need to have read the Lady Trent series to be able to pick up the
1: sort of spin off sequel? No, but it does spoil the fifth book in it. Um, in the sense okay. that in the fifth book something very like dramatic is revealed. And, and in this book this is taken as like the norm because we have moved on from that time, but I think I think that you could start with this one.
2: Thank you. Uh, so my second book, uh, we I've done epic, I've done fluffy, and now the fucked up uh, Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo, which is probably my like the weirdest favorite book I have. Not weird in ter- terms of contents, although they are quite weird at times, but in terms of how far it is from my comfort zone and how much I loved it it was, if we're going to pick up one word, it was cathartic. Uh, Like, it was so fucked up, so angry that, like, it made me happy somehow. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, Travis, you've read it. You know what what I'm talking about? Like, it, it has this fuck the rich vibe that's chef kiss like amazing um so the story it's one of the most popular book on goodreads right now and when it was out uh it was released two years ago but i didn't pick it up because again it was very far from my comfort zone and someday i just said yeah i'm going to pick it up because i don't know that's how my brain works she's something i do a lot and um I picked it up in audio, and I just like devoured it. Um, it's about a young, uh, traumatized woman who is at uh, who is in at Yale. Um, who, who she can see ghosts, like she see, sees dead people, and she is hired by um, how like it's a society, secret society that uh, supervises and controls other secret societies at Yale. And she helps them with their super secret uh, and super fucked up um, rituals, so that it doesn't like like it doesn't uh, become even more fucked up than it is. And uh, there is a murder mystery in it, and there is like a disappearance of one of the uh, POV character that is like kind of hinted at, and we, uh, yeah, it's it's like. I don't know how to explain this book because it has like a list of concert warnings that's longer than anything else. But it works for me and it's, I think it works for a lot of people because of that. Not because of the concert warning, because it was so uh, angry and so violent that somehow it, it, it fits with... Um, like the fucked upness of what was going on. I. Travis, you've read it. Um, yeah,
0: it, it was great. I loved it. And yeah, that was the book that I got into my first. Uh, I got to have my first, like, real-world book club meeting with, and I also got into my first real-world fight with it, too, practically. (laughs) uh, Not like, you know, the fisticuffs kind of fight, but the kind of, like, why couldn't this book be Harry Potter? I don't know, Karen. (laughs) Maybe because it wasn't trying to be fucking Harry Potter.
1: It's well, yeah. just, just punching a bunch of middle-aged women
0: <laughs> that that was pretty much how it was <laughs> and then like the freaking book club moderator was like all right let's talk about the fact that this book had content warnings how stupid is that and i'm oh like oh boy oh my oh boy. god
1: uh, you need another you need another book club
0: <laughs> yeah so i i actually was inspired to start my own book club kind of as a rage response to that but then you know the pandemic happened so we have not actually yeah. met Ever.
2: Uh, yeah i was grateful for the content warnings it wasn't like um i'm, I'm okay with reading like i'm thankfully and gratefully okay with reading an- anything uh but i gotta tell you when you audiobook some scenes you like it's good that you're warned because um like i made all kinds of like horrified faces and it was before the mandatory face and like masks outside so people were seeing me in the streets and I'm like oh my god this is awful um yeah i, I was expecting it but the audio was oh it made it all more violent but i loved it so uh, how about you uh travis
0: uh second one for me is probably unconquerable Sun by kate elliott I had read, I think the only other Kate Elliott book I read was Black Wolves, and I loved that at the time. So I was kind of excited about this, right? Because how often is there a book with as cool of a pitch as gender-bent Alexander the Great in space? all oh, right this is the one that's in space <laughs> yes. i was so
1: mad that it's in space <laughs>
0: uh, even though the vast majority of it takes place on like various planets i feel like but there are some like you know the big space opera like battles and everything uh, but oh man this this book was so good uh there are so many fascinating characters the world is like so rich right because you've got it's a space opera that's set after like people have left the earth and traveled to a new system and it's thousands of years later and so one of my favorite parts is just the fact that and this isn't even like a big story detail this is just like minor world building element where like they call like the old earth people the celestials and like the celestial empire and it's almost like mythological but it's been so long that they don't remember what was real and what was fake so they're like yeah like they had their planes and they flew around on unicorns and like they did all kinds of other stuff Aww, yeah. and it's just like accepted yeah. that, that that's how it was and like that's so wonderful but yeah no like amazing uh, story. Kate Elliott is just such a goddamn talented writer, uh, and Unconquerable Son did not
2: disappoint. I need to pick it up again. It's one of those books I started and like just stopped for no reason at all. I've been excited about it since uh, she pitched it on uh, like social media. Alexander the Great, Gender Brands, Alexander the Great in Space. It's It has all of the things I like. Unlike Genia. Who, it has two of, so of the fantastic. things I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like two thirds of it. It's okay, but yeah, uh, I have to pick it up again.
0: We just, Genya, we just need to find you a book that's like depressing, no punctuation, but also in space.
1: <laughs> no, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Look, space is just too big. There, she's conquering too much. <laughs> you know, even Alexandra was like looking out into the the sky and weeping for all the worlds he couldn't conquer. But here, he conquers them, or she conquers them. It's too much. <laughs> uh, yeah
2: I- i'm so sad because you would absolutely adore a memory called empire if it was set anywhere else i
1: know i know there's all these really great sounding things yeah oh. I- it's by
2: Katie martin by the way so <laughs> yeah
1: that was the one which i might force myself
2: yeah because it's like so you
1: <sighs> but, <in space. laughs> but it's in space <laughs> uh. Okay. Well, I think because you guys have um, attempted to force space books on me, I think I'm allowed to for my second um, space, uh, second space, haha, second spot to 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 put in three books because I couldn't choose one. <laughs> so these are all three nonfiction books, um, which I really enjoyed. I read a lot of nonfiction this year. So one of them is called uh, "Debt: The First Five Thousand Years" by David Graber, and it's just like a history of debt in society. So he starts off with like, you know, back before people used money, but it wasn't a bartering economy because people always think that we, have, we had a bartering economy, but it wasn't really that. It was more about debts and things like that. And he kind of moves it on towards more modern times where, of course, we have all of these problems with the International Monetary Fund and so on, putting countries into debt and also people's debts. So it's, it's like just really good. It's like economics, but it's not economics like... Dry. Yeah, it's not dry. It's very interesting. And I mean, maybe he goes a bit too far in some places where like, you know, not literally everything that happened in the world has ever related to debt. But, you know, like a lot of these books kind of go maybe a little too far. But I thought it was still very, very interesting. Um, Has like a history of economics, a history of debt and so on. Um, and it's very, it's, he's very left. He was, he passed away this year, but he was a very left leaning man. So it's also kind of cool to read about economics from like a more left perspective. I don't think I could manage anything else. Um, so that's one of them. And then the other one was Owls of the Eastern Ice by Jonathan C. Slott. Um and it's a little autobiography thing of him where he was, he's an American guy who studies owls and he was in uh, Far East Russia for a few years uh, as part of his PhD project. He would go there every winter and he would have to figure out a way to trap owls, uh, like safely attach trackers to them so that you could figure out where their habitat was, things like that. And I just thought it's really relaxing. It's a really relaxing read because it's part him out in the forest, like skiing around in in minus 40 degrees Celsius weather, looking at owls. And part of it is him hanging out to the Russian people and they keep trying to get him to drink a lot of alcohol. And he's kind of suffering a little bit. So that is was really cool because, you know, usually um, when somebody goes abroad and, and it's like a travel book, then it's like, oh, this is a normal person. And then he meets all of these zany characters. But here it feels like, well, he's fucking nuts because he's out on the winter nut of winter collecting owls. So he's crazy. And so are all the people he meets. So it's nice. (laughs) Um, So that is the second one. And the last one was um, An Odyssey, A Father, A Son, and an Epic by Daniel Mendelsohn. And this was about this dude who, it's also an autobiography, but it's like a relationship of the the guy and his dad. Um, And he is a classics professor who was teaching the Odyssey to uh, undergrad students, to first year undergrad students. And his dad decided to drop in on the course. And it's pretty fun because it's like partially just him kind of doing a literature, like analysis 101 of the odyssey and partially it's him and his dad kind of arguing about the meaning of life that sort of thing um and partially it's uh, like they also go on a little cruise around the mediterranean and it's just a really nice little book where um he analyzes both um the odyssey and um also his relationship with his dad okay so that was like me cheating but i really wanted to get those three books out there <laughs> uh it's it's
2: amazing how much it fits so many of your like i um, I, want to say kinks but it's weird but we say kinks between us so when like i it's better to say tropes isn't it like yes on air we say tropes on air we will say i said i was going to be on my best behavior and yet Mm -hmm. um yeah like the 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 odyssey thing and the father-son dynamics it's very new
1: but it, it, it kind of, I don't know, There's some things there which is like, oh, that's like me and my dad. The only difference is that, you know, he's a guy and older and a classics professor, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, Where do you find these books? Because in fantasy and romance, the genres that I read, uh, like I, I, I'm part of a community. We are part of communities where people recommend books, or we know of authors. But you, where do you do you find uh, non-fics? How do you do you pick?
1: Um, well, so for the more like left wing stuff that I read, um, there is this publishing house called Verso, um, and they publish a lot of nonfiction, uh, leftist, um, fiction and uh, leftist nonfiction every year. Uh, so I sometimes go through that. Um, and then, uh, also I am in general part of some online leftist communities. And so they always recommend interesting books. So that's where I got, for example, debt from. Um, And then the other two, I honestly don't remember. I think um, some things I pick up from I subscribe to also like a couple, you know, on Twitter, I follow a couple publishing houses. That's where I got also the Easter nights from just these smaller ones, which sometimes do nonfiction and sometimes more literary fiction. Um, That stuff is cool. And then sometimes also there's good booktubers, but I couldn't name you one. Specifically, That's, that I think I mean I think they just mentioned it on the fly somewhere probably, yeah. There's also um there's also this award for nonfiction which I started following. But let me look it up while while Travis goes with his uh no, while Terry goes with her number one book. Yeah, okay.
2: Um, number one is a series. i um, I'm cheating a bit. Also, it's the serial series by A.J. Lancaster. It's an indie fantasy of manor series, which is a bit uh, a thing this year. Um, mm-hmm. So it starts with Lord uh, lore serial. I described it as if you took Downton Abbey and uh, put it with a uh, fae kind of mythology and fae kind of universe. It's in a secondary world and uh, the black sheep of the family comes back uh, to her ancestral home uh, to Take part of a ritual to pick the next uh, Lord Serial since her dad is dead, and for some reason the house picks her, and she's like uh, she was touring with actors, <laughs> and like she's this like black sheep in the, the sense of. Uh regency edwardian morals and she has to take on responsibilities while well. at the same time um trying to figure out why the house picked her is there like this big conspiracy there's a bit of a mystery there and uh, there's romance as well and the whole series the 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 third book uh was out in 2020 um it's four books in total and the next one is out next year the whole series is just so lovely because it has uh the main characters are not hotheads uh, are not like um they're they have they are super uh normal people even if one of them has magic um but they make sensible decisions and they are like they talk and they communicate between each other and it's just so good like Uh, Plus, it needs so much more love. It's an indie book, so it's a bit like under the radar, but it shouldn't be. Uh, If you like Fantasy of Manners, please pick it up and talk to me about it, because I love it. Uh, Kristen recommended it to me, so thank you, Kristen, uh, because it was exactly what I needed at the time.
0: And that's Kristen from the Superstar Drifter blog?
2: Exactly. Thank you, Travis. (laughs) thank you yes uh, uh she we she and i have pretty much uh, the same taste so we recommend books to each other uh and she manages to find me each year my favorite one of my favorite books like i think last year or the year before it was the last sun by Katie edwards so her recommendations are gold um so yeah Please pick it up if you like fantasy of manners with sensible people, with magic, with uh, an amazing romance arc, with uh, fae, um secondary characters who are absolutely awful but in, in the best way possible. You know, when when there are like fe shenanigans and, and stuff like that. I, I'm sure if you like fantasy of manners, you will love the series.
1: And by the way, uh, the audiobook is very good. I listened to the first book on audio, and it was very nice. So I really recommend that as well. Yeah. Trav?
0: Okay, well, so I had actually picked out the specific book, but since apparently we're cheating and doing series, uh, (laughs) my number one for the year was the Diviners series by Libba Bray. Uh, which is this series of four books? Uh, my personal favorite was the third book, "Before the Devil Breaks You." Anyways, uh, it's it's like 1920s a uh, bunch of teenagers who have like these various special powers, but they're not like oh I can fly and stuff. It's like oh like I can walk in dreams or I can read the history of an object when I touch it, uh, things like that, and. Uh, there's, I mean, yeah, there's sort of like this big evil that's awakening in the world and they have to fight it and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But really, like, it's such a great depiction of, like, America. It it captures kind of like all of the shitty things about America as well as all of the good things about it uh, set in the 1920s. So, I mean, it has like a lot of societal critique. And like all of these main characters, right, they're like... Uh, People from the outside, for the most part. You've got, like, various immigrants. You've got people with uh, physical disabilities. You've got, uh, like, a really solid critique of, like, just how incredibly racist that America was in the 1920s. I mean, still is, but, like, especially back then, it is very unflinching. Um, So, yes, highly recommend the Diviner series. And uh, if you like audio, holy crap. January Lavoie narrates the series, and she is just incredible. Uh, Like, really, really good audio narration. Probably one of my favorite all-time, like, story combined with audio narration combinations out there. Like, it was just amazing.
1: Adding that to my good
2: dreams right now. (laughs) I don't know what's... Each time you talk about these series, something stops me from picking it up. I'm not sure what's... Why... Oh, you haven't been persuasive enough. You need to go back to my DMs and harass me about it.
0: I I might have to. I I think the thing that stops you is you like to be contrarian with anything that I suggest.
2: I do not. There is proof. If you made me read V.E. Schwab, you are a magician. Like You know how much she's in my, uh, should like, but won't ever pick up again list. And yet, you did, you did it. You can make me read anything. You can make Jenny read space books. If you manage oh. to make me read,
1: each
2: <laughs> Again, I'm so sorry. She's a lovely person, but something about her books just doesn't match with my
1: taste. Like, I don't know why. And then, so finally my book, <laughs> oh my God, I feel so bad because it's like half of my books or most of my books are not fantasy books. And this one isn't either. Um, so it's, it's actually a play. It's not a book. And it's the first thing that I read this year, but it still remains maybe my f- favorite thing. Um, it's called The Trojan War Will Not P- Take Place by uh, Jean Giraudoux. And this is a play which is written in the interwar period, so between World War One and World War Two. And the whole like idea of it is that um, Hector, who is the older brother of Paris and the Iliad, he is trying to stop the Trojan War from taking place. He's like, oh yeah, Helen? Yeah, we'll give you back Helen. I don't mind. Whatever. It'll be fine. Let's just not have a war. I'm tired of war. And you know, it was written during this, like right after the World War One, So like... It's very clear that this is kind of a response to that, to all of those, you know, people who had to go and die for no good reason. And so it's like, well, you should do anything you can to prevent a war. You can look as stupid as you want, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as you prevent it. Um, but because it's not, the setting takes place in like, you know, this, you know, Iliad Trojan war time, um, it feels very uh, timeless. And it feels like even though it was written nearly a century ago, it still feels just this fresh like the message still feels just as important and fresh right now so the only problem with this book is that i cannot find a version of it in english i had to read the german one from the library apparently a version does exist but i don't know you can definitely find the french one (laughs) this is kind of a dumb way to end a suggestion list (laughs) you should read this book which is not available in english there's a russian uh theater version online you can watch that
2: That's amazing, Jania. You are the most, like, hipster
1: person. I'm <laughs> reading oh, yeah. I mean, French plays from the 20s or 30s.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I do love how this was essentially like, hey, everyone, let's, like, pick our favorite fantasy books. And you're like, okay, but it's not fantasy, and it's not a book, and also it's not in English, so sorry.
1: Well that maybe, maybe some publisher will listen to this and be like, oh, we should reprint and make it more accessible to people. I think in English it's called Tiger at the Gates, um, the translation. But I don't like that title. It's kinda of way more lame. Yeah. Whereas
2: the Trojan War would not would not take place, started a very lively, very intellectual conversation on Discord about condoms. So yeah, I definitely prefer the title. This is Sarah on her best behavior. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: Listen, condoms doesn't translate the same in French, so my parents can't really understand it. So I can't say it. it's condoms, condoms, condoms. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Thank you for uh, this episode's soundbite, Sarah. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> I'm very mature.
0: So thankfully, we actually did kind of stay on time and hit our planned of top five books to discuss. So I guess on that note, it's time to turn the question to our audience. What were some of your favorite books you read in 2020? They don't have to be award-worthy or stories you'd consider to be objectively the best. Just whatever you love the most. And apparently they don't have to be in English or fantasy. So really anything is fair game. (laughs) Or a book. Uh, So let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you either on Twitter or in our Discord server. And as always, you can find us online at thefantasyin.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as The Fantasy Inn. And if you'd like to chat books and random nonsense with us in real time, we'd love to have you in our Discord server. And I think that's a wrap. So that's all for this week. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy end of the year. Enjoy the end of 2020, and we will see you next year. Woo!
2: Yay! (laughs)